What's good, everybody? My name is Brandon McCall. I'm also known as BMXC, and this is Nice Minds. I'm with a very, very special guest today, Kyle Coglin. What's good, my dude? How you doing? Hello, Brandon. Thank you for having me on. I'm very grateful to be on your great video and podcast here. I'm looking forward to it. I'm grateful to have you, man. So I've been familiar with you for a while. I think I got familiar with you through a mutual friend, Chris Butts. Um, and I mean, you've been like, we've been friends on Facebook for a while and Instagram and stuff like that. And you've been super supportive of my stuff. And when I launched Yeah Dude Samples with my friend, you were actually the very, very first one to download our sample packs. I mean, like even before we announced that we launched, you had already downloaded our stuff. It was crazy, man. So <laughs> I, I just right off the bat, I just got to thank you for that, for supporting, man. You're welcome. Absolutely. You uh, you make great samples and awesome beats. So, uh, yeah, I didn't actually know I was the first one. That was super cool. And that was much appreciated, man. I was like, it was crazy because we I think we launched that day. It was August 1st, 2020. And I think we launched at like noon and we but we had already had them. I think like you if you went to the website, you were able to download them. Um, mm. so like you would like I noticed that you had already downloaded them at like 10 a.m. or something like that. And I was like, Oh damn! We we already got somebody that downloaded even before we launched. It was it was just dope. It was a cool moment, man. Dude, I wanted to talk to you for a while, man. I've been wanting to connect because we haven't actually like had a chance to connect face to face. Um, so I mean, tell me about yourself. How did you get started with music? So I started off in music at a pretty young age. I grew up playing violin, then got into classical piano, and then trumpet, and then guitar. I definitely uh, enjoy more guitar and piano. I actually don't remember how to play violin i was very very small <laughs> at the time very young but uh, yeah music's always just kind of come natural to me um since a child and you know i'm really grateful that my parents put me through a lot of private lessons so without them you know i all this probably wouldn't have been possible or at least sparked my interest in it but i actually didn't start producing and writing songs up until about you know i was 15 16 years old and self-produced uh you know, a really, really horrible album. My first album was the quality and everything. It was just, you know, I still have it. You know, I'm, I'm going to frame it someday. You know? <laughs> but ever since then, of course, I've been making strides and increasing the production value and getting, you know, I've written hundreds of songs since then. And, you know, so, yeah, music's always been a part of my life. It's always been inspirational. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much uh, the gist of it. So <laughs> got started at a very early age. <laughs> That's really funny that you uh, you said that your first project was like really, really bad because mine was as well. I started uh, when I was like 16, 17, and I went like straight into making a project. Like I mm -hmm. as soon as I got started within a year, I was like full on making an album. And it's called I Want You To Say Whoa. Ugh. And it's seriously like the most cringeworthy shit you'll ever hear. Um, I actually like. In Photoshop, I made the cover myself, and it, like I, I put my head on Uncle Sam, <laughs> and it's like it's so weird. It's like it's so awkward and weird. But like I feel like I feel like you're not a true musician unless you start in like a really like rudimentary way. I mean, you gotta kind of have that DIY thing right off the bat, man. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. Speaking of cringeworthy, I do recall the first name of the track was called K is for Kyle. So I don't know if you can get much cringier than that. It was pretty, pretty bad, but you, you've got to step up on me. You actually use Photoshop. I'm pretty sure I just like, 
I don't know. I just remember like trying to configure a logo like on Microsoft Word or something at the time, yep. like printing it off on like some laser jet ink printer, you know, back in the day. It's just like super, yeah, rudimentary. And but, yeah, it was, you know, but that got me into production. I think I was using like Sonar Producer Pro or something like that at the time. If you recall Sonar yeah. at all, their products. But, uh, but that's what sparked it all, of course. And, you know, I've, I've humbled myself since then, you know, I've learned a lot. And, uh, it, you know, it was good to, to go through that. So I I know you're originally from Minnesota, right? Um, but now you're based out in Los Angeles. What brought you out to LA? You know, I w- I just wanted something new. I wanted to network, and you know, this is the entertainment capital of the world, supposedly. <laughs> and uh, so you know, I want to come out here, make some connections, and just advance my career. Whether that's going to be in you know songwriting, you know, being a producer, you know, an artist. You know, I'm kind of a mixture of three right now. But at some point, I'm going to have to really niche down and just focus on one area. And I'm kind of leaning towards being like an artist because I really enjoy writing songs and being up on stage and, you know, uh, inspiring people and giving them joy and hope. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, your your content is really dope. I mean, because you, you, you put out a bunch of stuff on TikTok and Instagram. I mostly just concentrate on Instagram reels right now. I used to do TikTok. I know TikTok's huge. I just needed a break from it. So I'm probably going to get back into that pretty soon here. But Instagram Reels has been, I don't know, near near the second best, I suppose. Uh, but TikTok, in my opinion, is by far the best as far as uh, engagement and building a, a loyal fan base. So how do you find yourself staying consistent over the years? I mean, because you're somebody that strikes me as very determined and um, motivated and just just consistent. I mean, you're con- constantly creating and putting stuff out. So how do you how do you find that motivation to stay consistent? You know, I take a lot of these uh, principles of consistent consistency and motivation and drive from my competitive days in cross country running. Um, I ran competitively straight for about 10 years, with like two weeks off in between each season. And, you know, I was just really uh, I, I was taught a lot about how to stay like mentally tough and just to stay you know find a pattern and a rhythm in your day and to really just give it your you know as as uh, typical as it sounds it's just like you know give it your best or you're just kind of wasting your talent in a way you know and I feel like God gave me this talent to make music and uh, to spread you know good vibes amongst you know people online and in real life and um, that kind of thing really inspires me to continue to make music regardless of success um, and all that. So that's that's mainly the big thing. But a lot of it does stem from my competitive running career um, where I just I learned a lot of great lessons in that. Um, just really just it takes a lot of internal motivation for sure. You know, a lot of people rely on likes and comments and shares. You know, that's all, you know, great vanity stuff. But really, it comes down to like the why behind why you do anything really and uh, and what drives you and, and for me personally the whole drive is to create something from nothing and being able to share that for the to the world in hopes that it, it affects someone in a positive manner like like when people you know people are driven by emotions right like you know happiness sadness you know you know if they get mad or there's a particular song like for every type of emotion out there and and I like to make more positive, upbeat kind of songs. Once in a while, you know, I kind of write some sad, depressing songs. But, uh, you know, I'm human as well. But uh, so that's what really drives me is just being able to affect people's emotions in a positive way. And, you know, just like Mother Teresa says, if you can't help the world, just help one person. And, you know, fortunately for me, I can help others through the music. And, um, and it just feels good to do that, you know. That's awesome. I love that, man. I mean, and that's kind of always been my philosophy behind it, too. Um, 
behind Nice Entertainment. Like Nice Entertainment was always um, made to be a entity that that helps other creatives and other yep. people um, find success and and uh, stay motivated and consistent and different things like that. So I like that you do that for for that reason. And you said something very important is always remembering why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like the times that I kind of let myself fall off or got unmotivated throughout the years has because I've, I've lost the why, you know, mm-hmm. and um, like I, I ran nice entertainment as a record label and there were, there were reasons why I stopped doing it, but I, I feel like I really lost my why, like, why am I doing this? So that's when I kind of had to like reconfigure things and kind of uh, go in a different direction and try different things and, and, you know, rediscover my why. I mean, I've talked about that a few times on this podcast, but that definitely uh, struck a nerve with me because, um, yeah, I agree. It's it's very important to to do it for a a cause and for a reason. Absolutely. You know, it's always about, you know, a reason that's bigger than yourself. You know, of course, a lot of people do music, you know, for the fame, the money. But it's actually the music industry is, in terms of, like, market cap, it's pretty small. It's like a $40 billion industry. That's really small. Like, yep. So like the, the, the market share is just so incredibly tiny, but that's why like big, you know, this is something we can talk about later, of course, but like, that's why NFTs are, are really important right now. Cause it's starting to give power back to the artists and giving them more market share and more ownership over their music while being able to share their music, um, like their actual ownership with their fans directly. But yeah, that's something we can talk about later if you'd like. No, actually, I wanted to talk about it right now. Actually, that was one of my <laughs> next uh, questions. Cause okay. I've noticed that you've been really uh, talking about um, cryptocurrency and NFTs and stuff like that. And I've been starting to like pique my interest over like the last year. I haven't dived into anything, but I've been like reading about it and just kind of like kind of getting familiar with like what they are and mm-hmm. stuff. So, I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, it's a it, NFT stands for non fungible token. Correct. Um, and it's basically, I mean, it's basically like, I mean, you could kind of explain it like it's like it's like digital art, you know, that that people like can own and like only mm-hmm. one person can own it. And like it's traceable on the blockchain, um, different things like that. So, I mean, like if you want go into it, like like what is an NFT and why is it important to like musicians? Sure, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, you, you kind of skimmed the top of the surface there. Yeah, essentially it's it's digital ownership. Um, kind of think of like, uh, artwork in the real world. Um, you know, like when you go buy a piece of art, you usually get like a certificate of authenticity, which is kind of BS anyways. Like, it's like who died and made you like the authenticator, you know, yep. but that's, I actually used to work in an art gallery and that's how it was there. It's just, just like sheet of paper. This is authenticated. So think of that though, but in a digital sense, now you've, you're buying a piece of art online, like a digital piece, like either a JPEG or let's say an MP3 or a WAV file, or even a video file, anything that's a digital file essentially, could be really anything, a PDF even, um, that's associated with a digital signature by the owner. And then the owner is verified by social media sites, it's verified maybe by the marketplace. There's a couple different verifications um, that a marketplace can verify the creator of such work, if you will. So that's in essence the, the general idea behind nfts and and many people can own um editions of an nft just like in the normal artwork you know an artist creates an original painting and then they create editions off of that same idea here you can create editions of your work and basically you can give you can give people you know 
one or they can buy you know 25 or 50 or 100 it all depends on how you want to devise your strategy in terms of ownership but it's it's certainly giving um, artists a lot of ways to connect with their fans because they can now sell these nfts and give maybe like a backstage pass with it or they can get special merchandise or they can jump on a one-on-one call and have a nice little meeting you know with the artist and pick their brain about songwriting or what's it like to be you know on the road or or whatever right so it's just a it's another way to connect with fans and provide more power in the hands of artists while record labels are still operating on the old legacy system which they'll need to adapt at some point and i'm sure there's they're you know considering it but you know at the end of the day it's always about power and money and for those things to change you know it, it can be difficult to say the least especially when the power and money is focused in so few entities right it, it makes it tough for smaller independent artists to really you know differentiate themselves and branch out as an artist but i know plenty of artists online right now who are pretty much unknown but they're making way more like tens of thousands of dollars you know compared to people who are just focusing on streaming and uh, yeah the streaming games pretty much done in my opinion you know like if you look at the spotify numbers it's like 80 to 90 percent of the revenue is actually attained by like one percent of artists right and then in the streaming rate that's spotify and like the top three record labels came up with is like 0.006 cents and that fluctuates i believe the more streams you get but either way it's like nothing's changed on spotify's end and um, it's just a closed system allegedly they're working on an nft based system but in my mind, you know, they're kind of uh, outdated at this point, but they're so big and so intertwined um, with so many services and so many people use them. It's just, it's just going to take a while till the general public really catches on. But luckily, there's a lot of innovation in Web3. Web3 involves NFTs, blockchain, anything in this realm. And uh, there's a lot of creative developers who are coming up with new marketplaces. Like if you look at a company like Audius, they're doing uh, online streaming in addition to an NFT marketplace. They're actually um, sponsored by Binance, which is a huge uh, crypto exchange and trading platform. So there's there's certainly a lot of big companies that are coming out and partnering up with these big crypto blockchain, you know, NFT marketplaces. And um, you know, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Nike and Adidas and Puma, I believe, just even released some special edition like digital sneakers that people can buy online. But they're uh, like a three D model of it, essentially. And all this kind of ties in with the metaverse, which Mark Zuckerberg's trying to do, amongst you know other companies, um, especially gaming communities, are all trying to jump on this metaverse train, in which NFTs are going to play an inter- integral role. Um, to this whole ecosystem so yeah that's i know it's kind of a lot of information right there but just in essence just think of nft as just like a digital collectible that's verified by the the creator themselves so you know it's authentic how can like just the common person that doesn't know much about it like how can they get into it what do you suggest yeah so i mean there's a lot of great resources online of course you know jump on youtube i mean I pretty much go on there for any kind of educational content. That's how I view YouTube now. It's just like, it's an education platform. <laughs> like, yep. you know, uh, you know, I would go on there. I would uh, jump on Coinbase as well. Coinbase is a good entry-level marketplace. They don't have an, an NFT marketplace yet, but you have to buy Ethereum if you want to tr- uh, buy NFTs on the Ethereum blockchain. 
but Coinbase is really user-friendly to buy some Ethereum. And then you can jump on something like OpenSea and start buying NFTs, essentially, with, with a digital wallet, too, of course. So there, there's a lot of you know new systems in place that are fairly user-friendly. You just have to know like where to look. But I would just start on YouTube, honestly. That's probably the safest bet. Twitter, I mean, there's Twitter is where all the discussion about crypto and NFTs typically happen um, before going into like a Discord. But yeah, I would say in between Twitter and YouTube. And of course, I, I talk about all the time too, um, mostly kind of the general and specific parts of music NFTs in particular. But it's all fairly relative. And um, but yeah, I would probably start in those platforms. Do you have any like NFTs yet or are you working on them? I just got into them personally for my own music in the last few weeks here and i've got them on OpenSea. however i'm still learning kind of the ins and outs of the particular strategy like how many to mint do i just a lot of times people will just make one on a one which means it's just one like one version of that nft and that's it and typically those sell for more as opposed to selling you know additions which could take longer so and I've also reached out to some marketplaces just to see if I could get like a feature on there so I could like really stand out because it, it is becoming a bit saturated, but it's still pretty early. So like I've seen a lot of data showing that only around five to 6,000 artists are actually creating NFTs right now, which is super low. Because when you look at how many songs are uploaded to Spotify every day, it's about 60,000 apparently. That's I've heard. <laughs> and I'm sure it just keeps on increasing daily. But so it's still super early right now for artists to jump on this. It's just like anything else, you have to differentiate yourself from the pack and you have to create something unique. And um, yeah, music, NFTs are certainly the next wave. There's a lot of chatter on Twitter. Basically, Twitter is the place to be for all this. Almost daily, I'm seeing Twitter spaces. It's basically like the clubhouse, essentially, uh, where people are just chit-chatting about music, NFTs, and, um, you know, like any other type of investor, everyone's looking for the next big artist to, to come out. Or if they like their music, you know, they'll search on OpenSea or some other marketplaces like Mint Songs or Sound XYZ. Now, there is one particular artist who's like, you know, a, a very well-known artist that is Snoop Dogg. He's selling some NFTs right now on Sound XYZ. He's doing very well. Um, there's some other major artists starting to jump on board too, but it's all still so new. And, um, but it's, it's, it's a familiar concept as well. You know, it's, you know, it's ownership of, of a particular asset. You know, it's not in my mind, it's not hard to understand that just that general concept. It's just the, the specifics. Once you start diving into the rabbit hole, things can certainly get a little confusing, but yeah, so I've started off on OpenSea, but I'm gonna, I'm, I really want to get on actual specific music NFT marketplaces because those actually have uh, a specific audience who are looking to buy just music NFTs as opposed to OpenSea. OpenSea is more of an uh, pretty much anyone can upload on there, like either music or you know JPEGs, art, or videos. So it's kind of a very general marketplace as opposed to the very niche ones like Sound XYZ or Mint Songs or even Catalog Works is another one. So those are kind of the top three. Sound XYZ, Mint Songs, and Catalog Works. Those are the three that I'm pretty familiar with. So that's kind of the idea is to be more into a niche-specific marketplace where there's actual music NFT buyers and 
you know, like hunters, like they'll, they'll scope out, you know, the next big artist or the next big music NFT that will hopefully blow up. So, I mean, to make like an NFT, like a music NFT more valuable, essentially, like it, it all depends on like the, the creator's brand, right? Like how popular they are or like how, you know, much content they're putting out in other places. I mean, is, is it all kind of dependent on that? Not necessarily. I mean, there, those are certainly factors, but since it's so early like i saw an artist um post that he made around a hundred thousand dollars off selling an nft album then i looked him up on spotify he had like 300 daily listeners wow unknown right so people are just buying up you know the these artists either if they believe in them or if there is some kind of hype you know obviously if there's marketing and branding hype behind it you know maybe that guy was just really good you know at marketing his particular album but, you know, a lot of it might just be dumb luck as well. There's a lot of um, dumb money floating around in this industry. So people just throw around money like it's nothing. So, it, you know, if you're in the industry and you just keep on pushing at it, eventually you will make you'll make more most likely in this industry than you will ever streaming. Just because the amount of time it takes to get to a million streams without any ads, like to make $3,000, like it's just it's just too it's unattainable un- unattainable for most artists like it's just crazy that is what i love about the the nft concept because uh, i i feel like we've been waiting for a big disruption for a while like something to really shake up the music industry and change it and mm-hmm. i you know for for a long time i mean i even before i really like knew much about nfts i've just kind of seen the the streaming game as like uh like a no not no winning battle like there's no like winner in that like it's like you have to be like doing like drake numbers to see like any like real real money on um streaming you know so it's just like people get so obsessed with their spotify plays and all that stuff so i've just kind of been waiting for something like nfts to come along and i feel like the whole industry kind of is and i feel like Mm -hmm. um it's gonna be really interesting over the next you know few you know five years to see where it where it ends up and I, I i would love to get on it early so i mean any information that you can send me man i mean like hit my inbox anytime with it man because i'm i'm <laughs> willing to learn and i really want to get on this early absolutely brandon yeah we'll certainly send you uh, whatever information i have and you know especially in, in what you're doing like i actually someone just hit me up the other day to buy a bunch of beats from him on OpenSea, and he was charging a pretty penny like for each of his sample packs but people are doing sample packs on there they're selling beats so there's definitely you know a niche there for you as well for any artist really yeah um so you know it just depends on what you want to focus on what you want to be known for but yeah luckily there there's a lot of great resources out there like i said twitter and youtube definitely be good places to start and then there's a lot of discord groups you can join and and learn more from within if you've ever been on discord but uh yeah the great thing about this industry is a lot of people do want to see you succeed, um, at least uh, from the artist perspective. Um, but it is kind of the wild, wild west. So you have to be really careful. And um, your money could be siphoned from your digital wallet pretty easily if you're not too careful. So you just have to be really, uh, yeah, be really careful when it comes to this kind of stuff. But there's a lot of gains to be made and there is money to be made and and ultimately you know, affect the listener in some way too because when they when people collect these you know it it definitely gives them a feeling of more 
they're more connected to the artists in a way, especially if they're a fan of them, you know, to actually have this asset and they can just sit on it basically um, forever if they wanted to, right? Or they could utilize it for the additional features that they might get with it. Um, so like I know some people give out their stems once they uh, purchase an NFT, a music NFT. So like, let's say I buy one of your songs and it, and with that NFT, it has all the stems. So as a producer, I can actually do remixes now and I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to get your okay or anything. It's just like, because I already bought it, right? That's and cool. then I could resell it and I could still hang on to the stems, essentially. So it just, it, it's more of a kind of direct to consumer opportunity for a lot of people, uh, as opposed to like partnering up with a, uh, with a record label because this is a, I actually wrote a Twitter thread about this today it's like you could raise money for your future album just by selling music nfts maybe your past music right or you could raise money through music nfts to go on tour or to hire a touring manager so you could do a lot of different fundraising as well through uh through nfts in general you know whether you're an artist or a, you know a brick and mortar business you know, anyone can start using these. It's just you're you have to develop an audience that knows what's going on, because the, the the overall market cap of this industry is still relatively small. It's around uh, not just NFTs, but like NFTs plus like blockchain crypto projects. It's close to like two trillion dollars, which is about the same size as a company like Apple. So it's still actually a really small but thriving. Think of it like a startup ecosystem full of a bunch of, you know, entrepreneurs, investors, traders, researchers, you know, community managers, artists, etc. So it's a whole ecosystem of a bunch of creatives, essentially, um, because, you know, there's certainly creative people who do coding of, you know, smart contracts and stuff like that. Um, so there's there's certainly a lot of smart, intelligent people in this arena, which I which I really like about it. It just see, it feels so fresh and new and exciting. And you can really feel the vibe, especially on Twitter, just the way people talk about it. And um, and sure, people talk about it a lot just so like they'll keep the industry moving forward. But uh, a lot of people, you know, choose to do it just because they believe in it and they believe that change is possible. It just takes time like anything else. And eventually some of these big, bigger companies like Apple and um, and Spotify will will release their own NFT Ask platforms or they'll integrate it within the app somehow and basically onboard millions of users like overnight so it's really good that these like web 2 companies are starting to do it but you're you're going to start seeing more pure web 3 companies like um like mint songs or catalog works which are purely web 3 and um it's just going to take a while for people to really catch on on the web 3 but it will eventually yeah, I feel like that's the next wave, and I appreciate you. I mean, kind of going into detail and talking about it because I've I've been like actually wanting to talk about it on here for a while, but I haven't had anybody on that I feel is as knowledgeable as you are in, in this stuff, or at least like you know not that I know of. So um, I appreciate you, you know, being willing to to share some information because I feel like it's super valuable and it's super. Uh, it's it, I think it's it's. Anybody listening to this, I mean, I feel like they could take a lot from that and mm -hmm. um, hopefully, you know, do their own research and, and get, you know, maybe get started on it. Because, sure. yeah, I, I, I don't feel like I know enough yet to really dive in, but um, I would love to get started on it sometime in the next year or so because it's, it's fascinating, man. And I, and I really, I, I already starting to, the wheels are starting to turn and I'm starting to get ideas for it. 
you mm-hmm. know, already. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool, man. I, I, th- I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's a cool space to be in. Absolutely. I would, if I were you, I'd jump in ASAP, like get in while it's hot because there, you know, there's cycles within it, you know, there's popularity and then there's not right now. And if NFT, like, if you look on like Google search, um, you can see like what's trending and whatnot. And NFTs kind of peaked, um, kind of around Christmas time. It's kind of come down a little bit since then, but like anything else, it'll come back up and more right. money will, will come through. So I would definitely just start doing your own research, just kind of preparing to do it. Honestly, it like, you know, I can send you just some kind of like entry level kind of things that you can do. But, you know, I would certainly recommend adding your sample packs on there. If that's what you've been selling, like I would add those on ASAP because then you can start making money. Um, you've got another revenue source now, you know, um, that you don't have to go through anyone else to do it. And you can just do it right now, basically, if you wanted to, while there's a market for it. Because, yeah, who knows if, if maybe this ends up being a dud. But I don't I don't believe it will. The technology is there. And since so many companies are, are implementing NFTs right now, like even Mark Zuckerberg's talking about it on Facebook. So it's, you know, even the U.S. government is considering going to like a digital currency akin to like, you know, Bitcoin or, or Ethereum, or they might utilize the current technology that's already in place. So everything is going on the digital side, there's no stopping this train. Sure, there's ups and downs and slow points, but innovation will always happen when there's technology involved. So I would uh, definitely stay on top of it and, and get on it as soon as possible. Like just kind of light that fire underneath your butt and, uh, and get moving on it because uh, there's op- opportunities. What advice would you get, have for younger artists getting their start with music? Um, and what do you wish that you would have known starting out? So like, yeah, if anyone's looking to get started right now, like they just have to keep on creating, you know, just keep always striving to learn and not focused on, you know, the end result, you know, focus on the journey because there's going to be a lots of ups and downs like anything else when you first start. And, you know, a lot of probably young, young people who are just starting off, they think, you know, oh, I'm going to make it big, you know, I'm going to get all this fame, but if your only focus is fame and money, you're, in my opinion, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Like, you know, those are very external, just kind of dumb reasons in my opinion. So, so I would really focus on the why and then having the ability and um, confidence to release music. Cause it took me a while to actually release music on Spotify. It like took me like a year or two to actually, you know, hire a professional engineer to, to mix and master my music. Cause I just, I don't know. It's hard handing off my work to someone else. I'm just kind of, I don't know. I guess I'm kind of particular and and it's, so basically I guess trust and trusting someone else to, to work on your art is something that I had to learn. And now I'm totally fine with You know, it's all about delegating, you know, to someone who can do it better than me. And, um, and a lot of that might be due to, you know, my ego thinking I can just do it all. But I would say like delegation would be something that I wish I learned sooner, um, in regards to just handing off my work to someone else in addition to like hiring someone for like artwork and stuff like that. And, um, like going on Fiverr and, you know, hiring an artist on there basically. I mean, that wasn't as hard to do, but handing my music off to someone else was extremely difficult. And then just uploading it, you know, like DistroKid was tough just like because once you upload it it's you know it's done yep so it's it's certainly uh nerve-wracking to do that when it's outside of your control so i guess just like letting go of control is probably like 
the one thing that I would say, like, that I wish I knew. But, you know, like anything else, I, I had to go through that to learn, you know. I can definitely see that. Um, I, I'm the type of person, though, that, like, I thrive on on uh, collaboration. I mean, it's, like, literally mm-hmm. my favorite part of, of music and, and creating it. So I... My my last song that I put out, um, Melancholy Sunshine, I I knew that it was a good song, but I knew that it wouldn't be great until I handed it off to my friend to mix. And like the like I knew like when I heard it back, it was like hearing my song like all over again. It was like an mm-hmm. amazing feeling. So I, I totally agree that it's I think it's important to like recognize your strengths and know when like, you know, your your music could have that like a little bit of flavor added to it or like your artwork could be a little bit better by somebody else doing it, you know, and um, and delegating. You know, it's it's really important to to delegate different roles. Um, and at the end of the day, we can't do every single thing ourselves. So, I mean, like, have you collaborated with a lot of artists over the years? Chris Butts, aka Legacy Keys, you know, mutual friends of ours. He was on a few tracks of mine. I've worked with some other like good friends of mine um, who I went to high school with and whatnot. But right now, I'm more so just focusing on, you know, it's my own music, my own style. I kind of work better on my own, honestly. Um, I just, I envision things in my head, like, or I hear things in my head before it's even written. And um, and I just trust that it's just like, this is how it's supposed to be. Like, if I'm hearing it, then that's what I have to go with. You know, it's kind of like intuition um, with music, if that makes sense. So, and I do trust others, you know, their ideas and their intuitions It's just, it's just easier for me just to work um, and and write on my own. And, um, you know, of course I collaborate in a way like passing off my work to an engineer in that regard. But for the most part, like, you know, I'm producer and artist and uh, that's kind of how I want it for now um, until maybe something changes in the future. But I just, I just kind of, I've always wanted to write, write my own songs with my own, like just verses and choruses. Cause before I'd have someone do a verse and then I would do the chorus basically. But, I just feel I've I've more I've more creativity to offer on these songs if I if I just do the whole thing and and it just gets easier too when it comes time to like you know splitting royalties and whatnot too it's just right. it can get kind of messy um, if you don't have the right agreement agreements in place and whatnot but um, but for the most part I just kind of enjoy just I, I just feel like I'm a little bit more faster and efficient if it's just like me but that could change you know and I'm always willing to like keep that option open for sure. I can see that. I definitely, I, I know what it's like to, to feel, you know, protective of your music and, and feel like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's your baby and it's, you know, it's what you've been working on forever. But um, speaking of which, uh, what projects do you have in the works? Yeah. So I've got, <laughs> I have so many songs ever since I moved out to California, I've been like on a creativity, like overdrive. So I've just been like writing concept songs, like you know, eight to 16 bars and just putting them on Instagram, basically, just kind of see like, you know, how people like them, what kind of engagement. So I'm kind of using social media as kind of a a test ground for songs, essentially. And then I'll go back and actually work on those songs that seem to perform well online, um, which is just kind of a good like test. Instead of like writing all these songs and then releasing them, I could just give like a little snippet of it and just see what the engagement's like. You know, I look at the data and the analytics, then to kind of make a decision off of that. So yeah, I've got this new song coming out soon called Moon, which I'm really excited about. It's probably one of the catchier songs I've written. Um, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm just doing singles. I'm not 
like doing an EP. I mean, this is like the new new thing to do. Apparently, is just to do release singles, especially in the Web two era of like Spotify. Like their algorithm works the best if you release like one song every once in a while, um, instead of just like shotgunning like a whole album at once. Because then you don't get you just had that one shot with the algorithm as opposed to like staggering the songs. So, I mean, of course I'm still going to, you know, web two is still going to be part of my arsenal in terms of uh, promotion. Um, but I hope to drive people to the web three side at, you know, through the web two, you know, especially if Spotify does something with NFTs, man, it was a pleasure to talk to you this evening, man. Uh, <laughs> you're, uh, you got a bright future, man. And you're a really smart dude. And, um, Thank you. I really, like I said, I really appreciate all your support over time. And I hope that we get to collaborate and figure out something we can do together in the future, man. Cause, cause I would love to work with you on something. Absolutely. Brandon. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. And, uh, I'm just really grateful for this opportunity and, um, yeah, I'd love to love to see what you got. I know you got a lot of beats, so I'd love to check them out sometime. So, yeah, we'll figure out something, I'm sure. <laughs> Definitely, man. Uh, so I like to leave everybody with the last words. Do you have any last words to leave the people with? Do what you want to do uh, with the expectation of nothing else in return. Love it, man. Well, thank you again, man. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Brandon.